Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi, everybody. It's Natalie Jean, Natalie Jean, Nat, chatting with Nat. Here we are. Um, Today, I have singer-songwriter Elizabeth Lockhart. And let me tell you, this woman has a beautiful, awesome voice. I was just soothed and calmed by her voice because this week has been really crazy for me and I was just just in awe awe of her talent. The Oklahoma-born singer-songwriter Elizabeth Lockhart's eclectic eclectic, lifelong journey through music informs through her distinctive blend of traditional folk with elements of classical world and blues music. Her sound combines soulful vocals, an intricate finger-picking guitar style, and detailed storytelling that culminate into unique original compositions, drawing listeners in even further through evocative and powerful narratives. This is so true. Elizabeth spent most of her early career performing opera, classical music, and theater. But it was when she found folk roots music that she was inspired to develop her self-taught guitar and writing style reminiscent of 60s folk revival women icons such as Joan Baez. Amen. Mrs. Lockhart released her debut folk album, Master Key, in 2019, when she co- which she co-produced. It includes guest performances by highly acclaimed folk Americana and world music players, included, including April Verch, Chuck Brodsky, Chris Rosser, and River Gergerian. Gu- Gu- I apologize, River, if I got that wrong. Let's welcome Elizabeth Lockhart. Hi, Natalie. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, thank you. I, listen, I am honored and truly best to have you on the show because I listened to your music today. I actually listened to it for the first time today, I'll be honest. And um, my God, you have such an amazing, amazing, beautiful voice. Well, that is really sweet for you to say. It has been a lifelong process and dedication uh, to music, um, and uh, it's it's been a hard road trying to find exactly where I fit in um, mm. with that voice. So, um, you know, along the lines of Mary Fall, if anybody knows right. who that is, F-A-H-L, um, she, she's had quite a, a time finding her little niche. So... Um, Anyway, I'm glad to finally be, um, you know, completely immersed in doing uh, my solo project and have it all come together in a way that uh, has culminated in in an original project that I can be proud of. So, oh, oh, you definitely need to be proud because I'm telling you, I mean, when I listened to your voice, I listened to the songs, I, I thought Joan Baez. I was immediately taking on a journey, a, a '60s journey. I mean, it's just—I mean, it's just amazing. I can't get enough of it. I'm just gonna have to listen to your album over and over again um, because you have such Thank a. Thank you. That is, that is a yeah. real big compliment from you as well. 
I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I can't get over it. Uh, but uh, it just shows how talented and, and powerful and wonderful uh, women are and how they stand by their journey. I, like you, um, took a long time for me to figure out what I wanted to do with music. I actually fell in love with jazz first. Um, but over the oh, years, yeah. jazz, I love jazz and blues. But I love folk and, so- and singer-songwriter Americana. I actually do them all, but now I'm focused on the Americana, Americana genre because I love the storytelling. Um, what Exactly, yes. I think that's really what kind of solidified it for me, too, was that intricate, beautiful storytelling aspect. I love it. I love it. And you do it so well. I mean, everybody has to listen to your voice. I got to push, I got to push your vocals because it's just, I can't get over it. Um, word for, what first got you into music? Well, uh, gosh, I think I've always had it in me as I have a video of me, I think at age four and I'm on stage at the little Miss Hickman's music school in Oklahoma city. And I've got, I'm, I'm scolding the other kids for getting their words incorrect. So (laughs) it's really quite a sight. Um, I guess I've always just, it's just been a passion of mine um, as well as dancing and really anything artistic. Uh, But I got started, I think, um, you know, in third or fourth grade, really having a solo. And I had sort of a Charlotte Church kind of voice. It was just big for my age. And I think when I opened my mouth, it sort of shocked my parents and, Immediately they were, well, I had wonderful family that really facilitated um, me having a rich musical journey, being able to, um, you know, start early with voice lessons and theater and um, all kinds of summer stock uh, programs and things that really um, helped me develop a a wide range and variety of musical styles and also just the theatrical aspect of it. I really enjoyed so. And then, really, I didn't get into folk music till, uh well, I had gone to the Kerrville Folk Festival in college and heard Susan Werner. And if you haven't heard her, she's just spectacular. She's got a lot of comedic, um, uh, a comedic angle that, that I haven't quite been able to develop yet and hope, um, but she is, she's quite something. But she has a theater uh, opera background and um so she ended up really inspiring me. And then uh, when I had children, I had the lovely four-hour nap time and was able to stay home the first two years with them. And I taught myself how to play guitar. And mm-hmm. at that time, I started listening to a lot of Joan Baez and Bob Dylan and the whole 60s folk revival uh, scene. And I I realized that that's really what where I wanted to focus uh, my interest on. It also, um, in college, I had a real interest in medieval music, which um, I think is really apparent on my album coming out, um, you know, anything up to the 1600s. And a lot of these folk songs that I sing, traditional ballads, they come from, um, you know, the 1500s, 1600s, even potentially earlier, and have been passed down through Appalachia or Mm -hmm. other places, and people have collected them. And so that's been really fun. It's fun to go song hunting and uh, find those little gems in in books. Uh, There's a really great uh, folk library in Asheville that has books of old songs, and um, I'll come home and take photographs of them and and try to figure them out. And so so it's just been really exciting journey through and I, I also when I moved to Florida I've been in all kinds of pro- original projects 
um, and sang with a five-piece Latin band, and we did some original kind of um, uh, almost down-tempo disco electronic thing with the vocals over top, um, and it was called Dost Thou Love Me, and it was a lot of fun as well. But I I loved moving to Florida because of I got um, Latin uh, vibe um, added to kind of my repertoire, and uh, and I really uh, loved that. Um, and now I'm singing um, lots of Spanish songs, um, some traditional and some not so traditional. So um, I like flirting with working and in, in adding a bit of world in, into my music, world music. So I love that. that answers your question. <laughs> I, I love the immersion of genres because I also do world music too. Uh, well, I have a world album that I did because my family's from Haiti and it's called I Team oh, Women. Wow. It's, it's, it's all in Haiti. Exchange names. And yeah, I gotta hear I gotta hear your stuff. I can't wait. <laughs> it definitely, was, I I need I need to collaborate with you. I mean, I just love your voice. Your voice is just okay. I'm <laughs> looking for people to collaborate with, especially women. Um, so yeah, <laughs> no, I want to work with you. I, I'm dead, and I don't say that a lot. Believe me, it's very rare. I don't think I've ever said it ever, except for. Uh, <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe. Well, that's awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> and we can now. That's you, the you, thing with all of yeah. the, you know, the bad thing is that we're far apart, but the good thing is that, you know, we do grow ever closer together and yeah. uh, we, we could collaborate. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely are, are an inspiration. So I know Joan Baez is an inspiration for you. Who else is an inspiration for you? Well, funny, you know, I, I'm an 80s kid, so I grew up um, listening to sort of underground pop like Morrissey, and, you know, it's funny, I still go back there and still perform a lot of his songs, um, and uh, so I have a, uh, this sort of 80s pop thing going on, but it's sort of epic 80s pop where it has a story behind it, or it's uh, politically motivated, and um, so I think that you know, I've always been in love with that storytelling, um, deep kind of song genre of right. any type, be it jazz or be it something that's very introspective. You know, the same, I have the same taste in movies where I want it to have a meaning or I don't really want to watch it. Um, right. And, or I want it to have an impact on my, on my soul. And so I think really any of those, but it, you know, so I'm all over the place <laughs> from Thelonious Monk to uh, <laughs> to Bob Dylan to Joan Baez to, um, you know, uh, who else? Goodness. Um, the list goes on and on. Tom Petty. Um, yeah. Love love him as an artist. Um, and uh, 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 who else? Um, gosh. There's so many. I'm thinking of the. <laughs> person and Dan Folkerberg. I'm yes, yes. obsessed with old Dan Folkerberg. Strangely enough, um old Genesis with Peter Gabriel. He's yes. one of my absolute biggest, you know, influences. Um the emotion behind the songs I think is really there. So those are probably my biggest influences. Yeah, it's a it's a wide variety, <laughs> which has led me as long you know as well as classical uh, composers you know from Akagam, 
you know, way back in the 15, 1600s. So I really uh, was always gravitated when I was in um, classical music school. Right. I was gravitating towards um, um, the really one voice and one instrument. There was something so pure about that that really intrigued me, you know, like the court musician right. that sang all alone in this hall that had the great acoustics and he had a lute and just his voice. So I love small ensembles a lot, mm-hmm. and I'd like to, you know, even get into having that happen, uh, have a small ensemble of um, some classical players. So doing um, more folk and original music, original composed music, creative. Um, so we're about to play Lifer. Tell me what Lifer is about. Lifer is all about the boy that just keeps coming back in your life. And um, uh, so it was really the first time, I think I wrote it when, um, you know, the whole social media thing exploded and, you know, you're able to get in contact with everybody. And, you know, somehow, you know, this person from that I hadn't seen in 20 years popped up in my life and, um, it ended up being a wonderful time, like reconnecting with him and just interesting how, you know, things don't change. So that's really what it's about. Uh, lifelong friends that, um, you know, romantic kind that really don't ever go away. <laughs> Eternal I love. love. <laughs> I love that. So we're going to be play a clip from our sponsor first and then we'll play your song. Hold on. Okay, great. Hi, this is Nikki Chris, and I host a podcast called Mixin' It. Mixin' It focuses on women in the music, entertainment, and the performing arts. Our goal is to provide an avenue for industry veterans and -and up-and-coming artists, musicians, engineers, and producers to showcase their talent. Listen to Mixin' It on Monday Music Madness at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Sim Radio Network. I'm you, is now? 
So if you get a recording app and you can get your ideas down, even a melody in your head while you're driving or something or at the market. I mean, I'm, I'm notorious for singing in the market on my phone and people think I'm nuts. And <laughs> But yeah. you get an idea, you put it in there, and then you have a ton of things to work with. And then I have another page that's um, ideas about things I potentially want to write about. I'll find a, a really neat story. Um, currently, mm -hmm. I'm writing a song about uh, – this lady I came across, um, her name's uh, Sianina Redfeather, and she mm -hmm. was an opera singer from Oklahoma, strangely enough, who was put in an Indian school, and one of the ladies, uh, congresswomen, I think she was the first woman congresswoman um, mm -hmm. in uh, Ufala, or in Oklahoma, I think, and uh, she uh, took her under her wing and sent her to Denver off to be a singer and she right. had a knack for, um, but anyway, it's just a beautiful story. And in the Indian school, they would only train the oldest child um, to do music. And so the, you know, she was not the oldest child, but her sister right. didn't like it. And so they let her take her place. And then she ended up being the first um, Native American um, woman to be uh, perform at the Metropolitan Opera. So mm -hmm. um, in a one-act opera, um, and I'm, I'm trying to think of the name, but um, so I'm writing a song about her, um, and it's it's really interesting, and it's all about, too, about appropriation, and, you know, she was glad to perform in her Native American dress in the Metropolitan Opera, but the, you know, the composer that she worked for sort of exploited her in her culture. So it's right. an interesting dynamic, and I'm not sure how I'm going to capture that in the song, but um, I, I really start with a melody, and then I put together the melody and ideas, and an outline is the way to go. I find if I do some sort of outline and also something that gives a uh, uh, a descriptive word chart of okay. actual visual things that you can, you know, see, hear, taste, and touch. Mm. And and so that's how I really put together a song, those three things. And then I try to, and then every now and then a song just absolutely just comes out from start to finish. And mm. usually those are more of the love songs, not the story songs. So, um, <laughs> but I like working both ways. Awesome. Awesome. So tell us about your latest release, Master Key. Um, I'm really happy with my album. It was such a joy. Um, it's been the first time I've been in a studio working by myself with a sound engineer. Um, and that was so exciting. Uh, I never want to do anything else. <laughs> um, if I could be in the studio every day for the rest of my life, I think I would be happy. <laughs> Maybe two days off a week. Uh, so it's just such a fun time of being able to collaborate with other musicians. And really, the highlight of the whole thing was paying my musicians. I felt so good to pay my musicians um, because I've been working in other projects and you kind of like, who will work for free, you know? Nice. And so yeah. that felt really good. Oh, <laughs> and, um, but yeah, yeah. Um, and so that was a really uh, exciting part, but it's a 12 song album. So it's, I have quite a bit of material to get out. 
I have about three more albums in me right now just that need to be recorded likely and um but uh so I had a lot to get out I could hardly fit it on the record well I had to cut two songs from the actual LP um so but the um but 12 song album it's richly orchestrated um there is my favorite parts of the album are one of my college cohorts partners in crime um, came around to play harp on the album. She was a classical pianist and vocalist. Her name's Rachel Kapelski. And um, so she played harp on the album. The harp parts are exquisite, um, especially in the last track, which sometimes nobody hears. It's called Widow's Walk. Um, I have this fabulous cello player um, who's on the album, um, Isabel Castelvi, and she just is avant-garde and she makes the cello sound like a creaky ship on the last track on widow's walk. It's all a ship's journey. So she does a spectacular job. And then I wanted a lot of world kind of percussion in it, or at least some interesting percussive moments. And so that was, um, uh, river Gregarian uh, provided that for me. Um, and then Chris Rosser, of course, who sound engineered, co-produced, he plays, um, strangely enough, I didn't plan this to happen, but I had picked him because he became highly recommended for a friend of mine. Um, and he uh, plays oud, which is a Arabic lute-type instrument, which went perfectly with the medieval kind of traditional folk songs that I was trying to do in that sort of style. I was trying to try to bring them back from Appalachia and put them back in the in the you know, the court or whatever, the, the lute musician. So that was sort of the idea. And he really provided um, an amazing environment. And uh, I think the album turned out spectacular. Uh, there's also a duet with a really great folk singer, friend of mine, Chuck Brodsky, um, called The Black Dress. Um, and uh, it turned out really pretty. But it really is sort of an operetta start to finish. I recommend listening to the album start to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's it's got um, I think it has a build and it's like listening to a small uh, operetta like a twelve act show mm-hmm. <laughs> and sort of everything pertains to my life and and my journey through you know struggle and marriages mm-hmm. and having kids and love and loss and you know all of the life stuff and so it's been really nice to kind of wrap that up for some reason mm-hmm. when you finish. An album, you finish a chapter in your life. It's like, oh, okay, I can oh, move yeah. on now. <laughs> it's like, I'm really done, but I'm so blessed to have it done, and you can't wait to have it come out. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, I, I know that feeling well. Now, we're going to play The Trees, They Do Grow High. Tell me about that song. Uh, this is a traditional folk song, probably from Scotland, um, but more complete, found more complete versions in England uh, around 15, 1600, about an arranged marriage and medieval time to a woman of uh, who was 12 years older than uh, her child bride, who was 14. So apparently this was a regular thing done um, a long time ago. Um, and it's interesting. It's been performed by all kinds of artists, from classical mm-hmm. artists. Uh, Benjamin Britten, I think, has a version out uh, that he composed. 
uh, and then, of course, Joan Baez and um, uh, uh, some other, I mean, tons of other folk artists have done it. Yeah. And so anyway, it's a beautiful song. Um, and I think that it's interesting because of the story, the subject matter. I mean, you'll hear a verse about uh, tying blue ribbons in his hair uh, mm-hmm. to let the girls know that he's married. And, um, you know, of course, it was a tragic ending, like most folk ballads at the time. <laughs> And, um, you know, I always did like dying on stage. It was one of my favorite things to do. So I guess this is my sort of ode to that in the... Awesome. Let, okay, we're going to have a word from our sponsor, and then we'll play the song. Hold on one second. Hi, it's Jordan and Madison, and we're Jay Madison out of Nashville, Tennessee. We'd love to tell you about B-Squared Management, artist services by artists for artists. Get your press, branding, single release, and sync success plan now at bsquaredmgmt.com. And listen up to our latest single, Down, now on Spotify.
beautiful, beautiful. Loved it. Oh, I love it, love it. So, do you sing in the shower, and what songs do you sing? <laughs> Only opera in the shower. <laughs> oh, wow. It is old. It is pieces of old arias because that's the only place I can still hit those high notes. <laughs> oh, wow, wow, wow. The shower is just, you know, I think it's because the water is so soothing because the shower, I can come up with so many ideas. And then I step out <laughs> and then I forget everything. So I'm trying to create and invent this gadget. I have it in my head about this gadget that's waterproof and that you can hit a button I, and record your vocals. I'm going to do it. I love this. Waterproof, waterproof recorder. It's got to yes. happen. <laughs> but likely, likely you could put a waterproof case on your phone and then uh, just do a recording app. You could do. I yeah, they could. But I want a gadget, you know, because I'm a gadget freak, and I want okay. a gadget that has my that. that has my name on it somewhere. Um, what is the best advice you could you'd be you'd been given as a musician? To absolutely not worry about anything when mm. you go out on stage. To mm. absolutely, especially your voice and being coming from that classical background. You know, it was about perfection, and that's basically why I was, you know, did not continue with that. I don't like perfection. So it's been, you know, a a hard thing for me (laughs) to really disengage from that training and not worry and think of communicating Mm -hmm. instead and enjoying myself. So enjoy yourself and don't worry about your voice or what you sound like. Just go ahead and deliver the message. I am so with you with the perfection thing. I don't like perfection. Like I like listening to an album where there's something that's a very different or even a background noise of something falling. Like I don't like stuff that's overly produced. I like stuff that's very natural. Oh, I, I hate them. I hate them. Um, if you could change anything about the industry, what would it be? It would be that artists that are, uh, performing and writing music with integrity, and mm-hmm. I mean that like clean, positive, right? Um, things that are. Uh, I I wish that that had more of a voice on, you know, mainstream radio. I couldn't believe watching, and you know, no offense to any artists there, but watching the ball drop. And I was at a friend's house, and they had that Dick Clark New Year's Eve show. Right. And I'm thinking in a pandemic, where's where's Bob Dylan? Where's Joan Baez? Where's James right. Taylor? And they're out there. They're all over the place. I meet them every day in my folk music community. And I would like to see that be represented mainstream. I, uh, not that everybody else shouldn't be represented. I just think that it's gone to the smut. <laughs> you, know, you know what? I, and I think that you're 100% right. The one thing that I keep telling people are telling companies is the fact that you know it's always the same artist one it's always the same artist that we see on the on yeah. the air or listening on the mm-hmm. air or watching television um it's never somebody else different and and it's and i'm sorry but it's the media and the radio stations that are the problem because that's all they play they re, it's like pay to play right. they won't play independent artists um, unless you have the money to do it so independent artists have to constantly fight to be seen and heard 
but it's all about money too. It's all about money. Yeah. And it's very yeah. sad because there's so many wonderful, talented artists like you and many others out there that need to be seen and heard. They just, and then and that's and why I think I want people talent. want that now. I think at, yes, of I think all times in the world, what's going on? I think people would want something with depth, with more depth. Yes. So, and I, I'm yeah. hoping the climate is going to change, and but I'm so thankful to girls like you who are out there and promoting and helping artists and, you know, having your show and your say and, um, you know, doing that kind of thing because, because it's so important. And I have other friends, you know, doing this right now, and I just hope that, um, you know, we can all be successful to change that climate mm-hmm. and get that. Amen. Because the last album I did was is the Social Impact Message album that I released um, last year, and in fact, February is February 14th was a year, and it's all about the issues that we go on uh, that's going on in the world today. And you know, a lot of artists are afraid to talk about politics and all this stuff. I don't have time for that. I don't care what people think. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I do my (laughs) soul, but I agree with you 100%. We need to be heard and we need to be seen what's next for you and where can people purchase or download your album um hopefully what's next is about three more albums Um, i'm also (laughs) trying to start a music publishing company um so that could be cool hopefully representing artists with integrity um we'll see how that goes um and um i'm uh also going to be directing the One Earth United Children's Choir here in Naples. Uh, my friend is putting together a, a world music uh, or world art and music festival. Awesome. And so um, hopefully when things clear up, we will have ourselves a lovely choir made of cultures that are represented mm-hmm. here in Southwest Florida and have them sing some original folk tunes and, um, well, some traditional folk music from their countries represented as well as um, some uh, original songwriter uh, compositions. And cool. other than that, hopefully I'll be in the studio <laughs> and hopefully on the road again soon. <laughs> Amen to that. Um, where can people, people purchase or download your album? Um, best to go to my website, elizabethlockhartmusic.com. Um, and you can purchase anything there. You can catch up on news, but you can also hear it, of course, on your any uh, of your favorite on your favorite music streaming platform, as well as Bandcamp, Reverb Nation, and other things. Um, so wherever you can find me, I love it. I do have um, CDs and also um, albums, LPs. So they're really beautiful. I'm really proud of the cover part, cover art as well. Um, and I think that uh, there's something on the album for everybody. So if you want to check it out, please do, or hear about my next show. I'll also be doing a live stream, I'm hoping, in the next couple of months uh, to do Nighty Nights with Elizabeth Lockhart. So should be fun. I hope you'll oh, you, tune in. Yeah, no, no. You definitely have to do that because I'll be front and center. Front and center to oh, watch. Oh, good. Oh, Yeah. I love you. And, and I hope that I hope we can collaborate, Natalie. Um, Seriously, you got to send me your stuff. Let's we're going check to. it out. <laughs> that is a new goal. We are going to collaborate. Are you part of the um, Folk Alliance? 
I am. Yeah. Good. The International Folk Alliance. I'm a member yeah. of that. Are you? I used to be. You long- are too. No, I used to be a oh, long time ago. I got. I have to go back and and re up that. I'm on so many memberships. Oh, good. But- okay, we have to chat then later. <laughs> we'll chat later about that. <laughs> chat later. Um, but I am so honored and so happy to have had you on this platform because you are amazing you and I are on the same page on so many different things it's just amazing I'm glad that you emailed us at uh, at our email address for sisters in music dot uh, org yes we want to elevate we want to empower power we want to inspire we want to support women and the men and the brothers that support us as well because time I say that um, but thank you so much for being on the show and I hope you come back and we're definitely going to to collaborate because it's a must. Okay. Thank you, Natalie. I can't wait. Really. It's been such a pleasure and thanks for having me. And I just bless your project and I uh, bless everybody out there listening. I know it's a hard time and I hope everybody's surviving out there. So um, my prayers are with each and every one of us and you too, Natalie. And thanks for, thanks for having me on the show. It's been such a pleasure meeting you. Thank you. Have a good night. Okay. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.